I want to talk today about the present world you live in. I believe every now and then we need to talk about our lives and we need to talk about our lives today. We need to talk about where we are and where we want to go. We need to discuss how you get to a place where life is not confusing and frustrating. What can you do that would make life work better than it's working today? I think the answer to that is have courageous conversations about your life. Sitting down and saying, okay, let's talk about where we are. Let's have some courageous conversations, and then later on, we're going to start talking about courageous changes. Can you say courageous? Courageous. Changes. Changes. We're getting close to that series. I've been talking to you a while, several months now, about the importance of having courageous conversations. But conversations have to lead to change. And they're both changes. Changes in schedule, changes in life, changes in habits. And those changes will lead you to make your life new and different. You get up with a different sense. I, I, I can't tell you how personal that is to me. Because that's exactly where I've been. I've been having some courageous conversations with myself. And I'm making some courageous changes. And, and they're, not, they're not easy. They're not all simple. And it does not include everybody. It can't. Because the changes I have to make to go where I want to go in the future, uh, just, it just won't let me take everybody. Well, let me tell you how it all started. It all starts with me looking at the past. When I sat down and I looked at the past, like I did last week with you, the past showed me things. It takes courage to look at the past. But once you look at the past, you've got to make sure that you realize that you're in the present. Can you say the present? Come on, hand signals out. Ready? Come on, join me. Say, I'm here now. I'm here. <laughs> See, you're not there, right? You're not there. The future. If you're not careful, you'll spend so much time dwelling on the past and dreaming about the future that you forget you're not there. You're here. I don't make that money I used to make, and I don't make what I dreamed to make. I make what I now make. I must plan my life, budget my life around this. This is the wife I have today. Got to work with this wife. Come on, say amen, somebody. You know, you're this size today. You can't worry about the size you want to be. This is the size you manage. This is the size. You may be too big or too light or too small, whatever it is. Whatever you are, say, this is it today. This is what I work with. Come on, say, I'm here. You working with the hands? Where are your hands at? Come on, say, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. This is, when you realize that, it changes everything. I, 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 and I just, I've got to keep this balance because if I'm not careful, I'll spend so much time. And I talk to people like that. They get all excited about what they're going to be. You're not a producer today. You're not a record maker. You're not, you're not, in, the, you're not in the business. You're here. And so if you, can, if you can manage here, you can get there, but you have to be careful not to forget what you learned back there in the past, which is what we talked about last week. If you can manage and learn from the past, 
manage today, you'll get to the future. So today, that's why I'm facing this one big question that I want you to think about. What tools do you have to work with right now in your life? If I were to look at your life and ask you, what tools do you have right now? Not the tools you had yesterday, the tools you hope to have tomorrow, the tools you have now. This is an important question for you to think about. And in my answer to you today, I'm going to give you four things. Now, please note a couple things. One, the notes you have, I've updated because I added to them. I supersized them. So that means that you can go online and download the, the current notes. There's a whole section I didn't add. So you can flip it over the end and, and do an old-fashioned thing called writing. And you can add them. And there are pencils in your chairs. If you're in a chair, reach behind you. There's a pencil in the chair or a pen. And just feel led to put it back when the Lord leads you to leave. Amen. Unless you just don't want to, but it'd be nice if you did. But the, but the point is, these, there's a certain power in understanding that you have four things God's given you presently in your life. Repeat them with me, please. Say God's presence. God's presence. Come on, say God's presence. God's, presence. God's, promise. God's promise. God's perspective. God's and here's the one you don't have. You ready? This is the fourth one. You don't have this one. Say God's provision. Now, I want to start with God's provision because I'm going to go in detail later on, but I want to just give you a little sample so you can write that down under number three there in your notes. God's provision. Write down Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1 through 2. There's a conversation that Moses has with God about his calling in life. Moses is concerned about his people and how they've been enslaved, you know, and and how they're going through all this hardship. And, and so Moses talks to God, and God asks him a profound question. Because what he does is he says, Moses, I'm going to send you to deliver them. And Moses starts backtracking. So wait, 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 wait. I, <laughs> I told you to help them out, but I didn't tell you to send me. And then he basically says, I don't know how I can do that. And God asks him a simple question. What do you have in your hand? Let's start with what you have in your hand. Let's not deal with what you want, what you dream about, what you think you're going to be. None of that, Moses, right here. Let's start with what you have. Now, I'm going to come back and tell you more about that in a minute, but let me go back to number one in your notes so you can follow me along. We can go, go in order here. There are three things that I gave you in your notes that said that, that I promised that, that the Bible says you have. According to the book of uh, John chapter 14 and chapter 16, there are three things he mentions. One, God's presence, God's promise, and God's perspective. Look at John chapter 14 at God's presence and God's promise and notice the condition that's tied to them. In verse 15, he says this of John chapter 14. If you love me, read it with me, please. Do what? Keep my commandments. And then what did he say? And I will do what? Pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, we can all read again. Say it again. Say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, pause right there. If you love me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep my commandments, and here's what's going to happen if you do that. If you, if, you, if you listen to me, I'm going to send you some help. Now, here's what's important. In the King James, it says comforter. Help doesn't matter if you don't listen. So I want you to understand the, the, the way this works. 
There's no benefit in you being given advice or instructions or guidance if you don't respond to help. If you're going to do it your own way anyway, you're going to love your own way, pick your own people, do it your own way. There's absolutely nothing that you would benefit from God's help. So the condition is clear. You must keep, not throw away, my commandments or instructions. If you do that, here's the promise. You will have the presence of God's spirit in your life. Listen carefully to what he says. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you. There it is, his presence. He will abide with you forever. Verse 17. This, in, who's going to abide with you? He calls him the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and here's, here it is again, and will be in you. There it is again, this idea of God's presence. He's promising you, based on one condition, he says, I'll be with you if you listen. And that's the question. How open are you to that idea? Giving, a, giving God a chance to touch and guide your life. And here's one of the benefits of allowing that to happen. If you allow God in your life, he'll give you a perspective, a viewpoint, an angle. I call it a spiritual advantage. So, Please understand, verse 12, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. I have a perspective. I really want to show you some things about your life, but you really can't, can't handle that right now. That's what Jesus told the disciples. Now, let me ask you a question for a second. Is it true that in your life, if you were to go backwards in time, that there were things that you should have been told? But you couldn't stand it at that time? You really couldn't take it? Raise your hand if that's true. You can think of things? Okay. Now, let's see who can say. Now, you know, no pressure. But if you got something, you can briefly say. Now, this is not a speech. This is like a statement, okay? I wish I, I was, somebody, somebody in the last service said, I was loud. And nobody could tell me that. <laughs> Nobody could tell me. I fill in this blank. Come on. I was, raise your hand. Commit. I was not focused, and, but you couldn't see that at the time. Somebody else. I was, join me. Raise your hand. Who's talking to me? Naive, but couldn't see it at the time. And if someone told you that, you couldn't bear it, right? Like, you, what'd you say about me? Come on, help me out. Somebody else. I was, I was what? Wrong, but couldn't see it at the time. Who said something over here? Mean. Really? Mean. <laughs> Scared. Yeah. Somebody else? Yes. Angry. Yeah, I was. Yes. In a hurry. I like the way you said that. That's true. In a hurry, but nobody could tell you we're going too fast, you see. Trying to get there so fast. Yes. Procrastinator, but you couldn't see it. Just, just couldn't say it. It's always, especially when you're in school, right? And they told you two months ago you had a paper due. <laughs> two months ago. They told you two months ago. They gave you a piece of paper. Didn't they give you a piece of paper? You know, and you came to the class, picked your paper up. Students, it's your syllabus. 
syllabi, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we have a 15-page paper due. You need to have at least four or five collateral readings along with this paper, and you need to have it in what format? MLA, AMA, what now? APA format. Exactly, please. And you will, you will cite. You will not plagiarize in this class. And you will not self-pleasurize. Help me out, sister. Help me, brother. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Because I have good eyes and good researchers. We will find you. Now, you were told how many months ago? Now it's due next week. Here's what you're doing. You're praying, Lord, in Jesus' name. <laughs> you haven't done one, haven't read one book yet, haven't done any research. And then you know you no notes, nothing. You haven't done anything. Nothing. nothing. You haven't even, you're not even sure how to do APA. What is it? A, what, a, well, I forgot again. What is it? A, APA, that's right. That's what we used to. I remember that thing. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And so now you're trying to fake stuff. So you're trying to write a paper on the history of America. So you start out like this. America's old. <laughs> 17 something was when it started. You know, this is terrible. Abraham Lincoln said, <laughs> you start making up stuff, quoting people, Martin Luther King, you quoting everybody. Everybody, everybody making up stuff. And the teacher reads and says, this is really funny. Procrastinating. Putting everything off. There are many things I desired to say to you, but you're not able to bear them. So here's the question. Could it be possible that there are many things today that you can't manage, that you can't stand to hear? Is that a possibility? That God is, God is looking at your life and he's saying, Oh, boy, this is not going to work. The plan and the discipline don't line up. The dream you have doesn't line up with your daily disciplines and choices. So based on that, we have a conflict, a vision, and there's very little chance you're going to make it. I still have many things to say to you, verse 12 of John 16, but you can't bear them. However, when he, the spirit of truth, if you allow him in, if you allow God's presence in your life, he will guide you. He'll take you by the hand and he'll guide you. He knows you don't know the way. He will guide you to all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he will tell you things to come. Say that with me, please. Come on. He will what? Tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine and so on. Four things the Spirit promises to do in your life. Come on. Say, he will guide me. He will speak to me. He will tell me things to come. And he will teach me to honor God. That's God's promise. And listen to me carefully. Look at the preacher. That's what you have. 
God's promise. God's, God's promise to your life. God's presence in your life. And God's perspective. He wants to show you how he sees it. He wants, he wants to spend so much time with you that you see it. I was, I was saying this the other day. Uh, I didn't do it in the other service. But I, I, I think it's really amazing when people say God will speak to you. They don't always understand what that means. And they have this strange idea that it's always some spiritual thing that kind of floats from heaven and lands on you all of a sudden. But it's, it's more like basketball. It really is. In basketball, there are certain things you learn. For example, it's footwork you learn when you, when you, when you, when you, they, they teach you, you, you go side to side, right? Suicide, you know how they work, right? Side to side. Stay with me, cameraman. I'm going to lose you now. Okay. See, <laughs> side to side. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason. Who plays? Play? No? Play? Who plays? Basketball? Anybody? No players on here? I got a player? I got to get a guy. And I, I can't, I, you, I know you ladies can play, <laughs> but I need a brother. I need a brother. You can play with me. All right. Well, yeah. All right, come here. Come on up. Now, here's the reason. Oh, he really can play too, you know. He got a little game on him. A little game on him. You want to play the pastor, don't you? I have what I call respect your pastor lessons. <laughs> you understand? Okay, stand here for a second. Come here. Now, what's the deal is when you're playing, face me. Face me now. I like you dribbling, okay? You're dribbling. So when he's, when he's dribbling, the goal is if I'm going to play him and he goes left, I follow, the, I follow the middle of the man. I don't follow the ball. Because if you follow the ball, the ball can move. The ball can fool you. So you don't play with the ball. Oh, I'll scare you. Watch out. So anyway, so now, now the, the reason, the reason you follow and your footwork is important side to side is because what you want to do. Thank you, sir. Give me a big hand. Any great support? Come on. What, what, what that does is your, you really, it's muscle memory. You're trying to teach your body. That no matter where the ball moves, sideways, left, right, that's why you do the drills. The drills simply designed so you can you you have a a response that's natural. Same thing in martial arts, right? So when you learn to fight, you learn to fight based on muscle memory. So you learn to move, you learn to punch, you learn to you learn to block. It's all about footwork. So so that when they come at you, your body moves out of the way, and it's it's not like hold on for a second. Foot, go that way. You know, it's got got to be natural. And you do it so much, and you practice so much, so that when it comes, you you instantly move. You get, there's a reaction to it, and then there's a response. Because you, 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 they they call it, pick what you can get. You know, if he comes that way, if he comes this way, if he comes low, if he, whatever comes, you got to figure it out in that moment. And you don't have much time to think. That's what prayer's like. I spend so much time with him that I instantly turn to his thoughts when you come at me. I instantly, I'm so, his word is so alive in me. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. His thoughts come to my thoughts. Your mama has said so much to you. When you drop something on the floor, you hear her voice, pick that up. Come on, talk to me. You hear me, church? There's a, there's a response you have that's not tied to some manufactured thing. It's when you end the word of God and you spend your daily diamond devotion and you spend your time with God. And now, that, that's what comes to your mind, his thoughts. But if you watch too much of the wrong stuff, first thing you say is, I'll blank you upside your blank head. That's what you say when that's what's in your spirit. Come on, say amen if you hear me. If, if, come on, amen. You hear what I'm saying to you? 
So, so the, the voice of God, the, the spirit of God in your life, when you are immersed in him, you think like him, you respond like him. What's your last name? No, you didn't know your last name. Help you, Jesus. What is your last name? I am not in my, by myself in here. What is your last name? You act like one. You act like a what? That's what you act like. Get all y'all together. That's how you act. And you're sad. I'm dying when she gets in her real sassy mood. My name is Diane Florence Brian Temple. Temple's on the end. She does all the other stuff. Highlight. But there's something about the tone, the sound. Hang with me and you obey me, I can speak to you. You feel me. You hear me. My word will come to your mind. In that moment, you'll know what to do. It's not spooky, it's called relationship. Jesus, have mercy. It's practice. It's being with him over and over again. Back in the days when I used to train, back in the days a little bit, and the guy, we'd get, do ground fighting, and he'd hold, put me in a hole. And so he said, somebody knock you down, you need to be able to fight on the ground. And he'd say, get out of the hole. I said, I can't. He said, try. <laughs> but see, the point was, I want you in moments of distress, to not give up. I want you to find something on me to hurt. When you've been with God and the devil's got you tied down, your money's tied down, your emotions are jacked up, your job is jacked up, you'll find a way to get out of that hole because you've been with God enough. Come on, say amen. Come on, amen. And I'm going to tell you, he'll yell at you. Get up. Come on now. I know they got you tied up, but come on. I want, you, I want you to try. I want you to get up off that ground. I want you to fight back. Stop praying for me to deliver you. Fight. Think. Pray. Stand up. I'm helping you. I'm not fighting for you. I'm the comforter. You are the fighter. That's what you've got now. But let's not talk about his presence, his, his power, his, um, his presence, his promise, his perspective. I want to talk about his provision for a minute. I love the book of Exodus because in Exodus chapter 4, there's this incredible conversation that I mentioned to you earlier. And in this conversation, God shows Moses something that was profound. He shows him what he does with what you have. First thing he said to Moses, he says in chapter 4, verse 1, Moses answered and said, suppose that they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, 
Read it with me, please. Say, what is in your hand? That's the moment that God established a principle. I use what you have. Not what you lost, not what you plan to have in the future. I start with what you have right now. And all he had was a stick, a walking stick, a staff. God said, we'll start with that. And what I want you to do, Moses, he cast it on the ground. Throw it down. So he threw it down, and it turned to a snake. The Bible says he ran. He fled. Don't like snakes. But I want you to see something. See, God knew all he had to do was start the fire with Moses. See, sometimes there's something in you you don't know until you get started. It's not until you get in the class that's hard and you start studying that you learn your brain really does come on. You think it don't work, but you just study enough, it'll stay in there somewhere. You'll be surprised what you can do when you're trying. So he says, Moses, I want you to take the stick and throw it down. He threw it down, it turned to a snake. And then he doubles back on him and says, here's what I want you to do, Moses. I want you to reach out in verse 4 and of Exodus chapter 4, and I want you to reach your hand out and take it by the tail. Now, you almost want to say, you didn't see me run? <laughs> You didn't see me run. You saw me run, right? Right? So you want me now to go back and pick up this, you know. Now, in this moment, I want you to notice, this is why God chose him. There's something in there. All I got to do is get it cranked up. So the Bible says Moses reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod again. Now, I want you to think with me for a second. This is God saying, I'm going to use your staff and your hands. I'm going to use what you have and your hands. Hold your hands up. This is what he's going to use. He's going to use your staff, whatever you got, and your hands. You put your hands down. You know, back in the day, they say people were deaf. When they hear some good news, they go like this. All I need, Moses, is your hands. Come on, try me. Come on. You know, when you get a spoken word and it's awesome, what do you do? Come on, snap it, come on. God, God just needs your hands. I don't, look, Moses, I don't, I, the focus is not what you don't have. You spend too much of your life on what you need to get. That's not how you start. Then, verse 6. God does something else. He said, Moses, take your hand and put it in your jacket. Verse 6, so he put his hand in his bosom, pulled it out, and it was leprous. Put your hand back in there, Moses. Verse 7, he put his hand back in, and it became clear. Now, I want you to watch what's happening. His faith is growing. <laughs> I like the stick. All right, well, that's cool. Let's just Oh, man, all right. Hey, hey, all right, we cook it. <laughs> you know, one miracle leads to another one. Come on. Once you see God do one thing, you believe for the second one. Yeah. And once you see the second one, you believe for the third one. Yeah. Have you not seen God come through for you before? Come on, church. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Come on, haven't you seen it? I've seen God come through and bless me with money and opportunity and open doors for me. But I had to do something. 
something. I had to try. I had to take a chance. Then he says, well, Moses, I'm going to use your staff. I'm going to use your hands. Then he says, I'm going to use what you have access to. I love verse 9 because he says this. He said, and it shall be if they still don't believe these two signs. What if they don't believe these two signs, Moses says? I throw the stick down. Then I put my hand on my bosom. What if Pharaoh doesn't believe me? Here I am trying to deliver these three million people from slavery. I stand before Pharaoh and do these couple of tricks. What if they don't believe me? God said, well, we'll try this one. Take the water from the river. Pour it into, on dry, dry land. And the water which you take from the river will become blood. Now I want you to notice how God says, I'm going to use what you have what you own, your stick, your hands, and what you have access to. You don't have to have access to everything. You, you don't have to have all the people and all the connections you think you need. What you need is God's presence in your life. He'll use what you have already in your life, the people you already know. God can take the job you have and bless you. God can, God can do amazing things, but, but stop dwelling on so much the future and the past is what I have now, right now, right here. Moses' response in verse 10 is fascinating to me. After all of that, here's what he said. He said, oh my Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither before nor since. In my past, I've not been eloquent. He says, I'm not eloquent now. You've spoken to your servant, but I, look, I'm slow of speech and tongue. I, I just can't see myself standing before Pharaoh. Here we are, Exodus 4, 11. So the Lord said to him, here's the question, Moses. Who made man's mouth? And then here's, this was going to bother your theology a little bit, but he said, who made the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, here's what I want you to do. Go, and I will be, I'll be your mouth, and I'll teach you what to say. But I want you to notice something. I always say this. It's so important. As you go, it says you go. What do I know about pastoring? I went to school for it. Yeah, I know. Not the same. I've had a few classes, a little education. Yeah, okay. Got a couple few degrees, but okay. You can go to mama school all you want, but then like being a mama. <laughs> you can get a degree in it. Daddyology. <laughs> but until you're a daddy, until you're a school teacher, until you're a professor, until you stand, the dream is different. I understand that there is a dynamic that's difficult, but God said, I made your mouth. It was really amazing. In the end of all of this, here's what Moses says. Verse 13. Oh, my Lord, please send by thy hand, the hand of whomever else. Send somebody else, please. Period. You know what he's afraid of? And God knew it. He's afraid of being alone. All those excuses. If you watch his life, he overcame all that. 
He just didn't want to be alone. So God says, hey, what I'm going to do, I'm going to send your brother. Here comes Aaron right now. I'm going to send you with him. Let him be your mouthpiece. And when is that your issue? Moses then agrees to go. Are you the person who won't go unless somebody goes with you? You won't go to church? You won't, you won't, you won't look for another job? You won't move to another city? You won't do anything? Because you've got to always have somebody with you. It's always got to be somebody with you. Sometimes God wants to bless you alone. Now, what's interesting is you follow Moses' life, eventually he started taking over. Aaron would speak, he said, I got this, I got this. Eventually he learned to stand, and by the time you get to the Red Sea, he's, he's, he's by himself. I got this, Aaron. Stand still and see the salvation. <laughs> I mean, he's he ready to rock and roll. He's, he's, and he, got, he still got to stick with it. What are you afraid of? Think you don't have enough right now? You know what you can do? Hide behind your future dreams. One day, I'm going to be. Or, or, I've seen this. Hide behind what you used to be. It's really powerful to work in L.A. Um, and to um, have had the privilege of pastoring a lot of celebrities and a lot of people over the years when I was in, in the years I was a part of the church and also when I pastored. And I, but anyway, bottom line is, and to know a lot of celebrities. And, I, and it was really amazing as people start introducing themselves about what they used to be. To know celebrities who were from the 30s and 40s and their, you know, in 50s and in the heyday of Hollywood. And now they walk down the street and people still know them, some of them. And they still sign a few autographs. But who they are now is lost. Is that you? You know you're here now. You're not there. And you're not there. You're not in the past. And you're not in the future. You're here. Manage here. Have the courage to deal with here. And here's the key. Listen. If you can manage here, you'll get there. But whenever you get there, guess what happens again? You're here again. Are you hearing me? Come on, amen. You hear what I'm saying to you? No matter where you dream to be, no matter what you dream to have, when you get there, all your life, you end up here in the present. Another relationship to manage. Another person that doesn't agree with everything you say. And you'll keep hunting new people, trying to find you somebody else. But when you get that new person, you're going to be here again. And again, and again, and again. That's why it's better for you to manage it now. Let me say this to you. Don't take it for granted. What you have here, you don't have to always have. What you have now, do you really think you can stay in school forever? The tuition will run you out. <laughs> the money. Money, 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 money. Money. Money, 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 money. Don't sing it. You got to have it. <laughs> you really need it. 
Oh, yes. If you're going to stay in school, you're going to need it. You better stop. Here, your marriage. Manage it here. Won't always have it. Won't always have these friends. Right now is the season for you to save your money for your future retirement. Right now. Get out of debt right now while you're here. Father, today, I've said a lot. I've said enough. I pray that the spirit of the living God would bring life and vitality and health to everything we've heard today. And I pray, Lord, that the spirit of the living God would bring a present peace to the heart of your people. <laughs> Imagine what it's like for one day to like being here, embracing here and now, talking in the present tense, not the future or the past, right now. Thank you for who I am, where I am, how I feel, Appreciate all my dreams, but I live here. And so help us, oh God. In the name of Jesus. I want you to look at me for a second. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to make a promise to me. When you're by yourself, nobody's around, I want you to hold your arms out like this. Not now. And I want you to pray this prayer. Father, I'm thanking you for now where I am for what, what I have in my hand for the tools I have I thank you may I use these today for your glory may I be obedient today right now help me invite your presence into my life now right here where I am. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, every eye closed. After hearing the message today, you realize you need to invite God's presence in your life. He's made a promise to you. He said, I'll, I'll come if you'll listen to me. Maybe you've been not listening to me. Here and you want me to pray for you. If you're home, wherever you are, I want to pray for you. And I want you to do this. I want you, if you really want to give Jesus your life, you say, Pastor, I heard you today. And I want to leave out of here changed, for real. I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. Say, pray for me, Pastor. That's me. Put your hand up. Be proud. It's one. Who else? It's two, three. Who else? Four, five. Who else? Somebody else. Who, who else? Pray for me, Pastor. I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see two of you, three of you, four of you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Anybody else saying pray for me? I see you as well. I see you, sister. I, I see you, brother. Anybody else? I see you, too. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody else? Pray for me, Pastor. Pray for me. I heard you today. I see you, sister. Anybody else? I see you, my sister. Anybody else? I get it. What you said, man, I see you, sister. Anybody else? I see. I hear. I'm clear. I got it. 
Now, some of you raised your hands. Some of you raised your hearts. Let's all pray. Hands lifted. Let's all pray. Hands lifted. Father, we pray for those who raised their hands today and many who raised their hearts today, both here and at home. Let this be that transforming moment. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your blessing. May we leave this place changed today. May we leave this moment and say, I am in the present, and I'm receiving God into my present life, into my present circumstances, and I trust him with my life. Father, I pray this would be a moment they will never forget. They would say, this was the moment when my life changed. And so, God, we give you praise. We thank you and we praise you today. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen. amen. Are you glad you came today? Yeah. I hope you were. I hope you had a good time.